some of the big social media giants spy on you and what they're up to that is really, really interesting stuff. So I hope you can stay around. We uh, now have the honor to talk to Alex Azar, the Secretary of Health and Human Services for the United States of America. Mr. Secretary, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. I'm uh, really glad to be on your show. Thank you. Well, I'm not going to lie to you. We were hoping for the Secretary of Defense. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, hey, but my department's twice as big as his. Oh, is that right? Yes. In, in what in what terms, people? In money, one point two trillion dollars. I had only about six hundred. Nobody knows you know? that. You should well, you should mention that at the beginning of every interview. Nobody knows that. That's, that's a stone. We're, we're bigger than the British Empire. And what's the what's most of the money spent on? Medicare, Medicaid, Obamacare. Okay. There you go. There you go. There so, you go. So yeah, our our, our biggest chunk of money. Um, and 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 our biggest threat for driving the country broke all in your department. Yeah, hey, uh, Mike, if uh, if uh, General Mattis calls, put him on hold. Oh yeah, this is really interesting so far. Yeah, exactly. So listen, it's practically inevitable that you would you would take your position and have some enormous challenge because you know health and 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 disease and medical care is such a huge deal. But uh, the opioid crisis has got to be a special challenge for y'all. What do you have planned? I know the president president's been talking about that. It's absolutely a devastating crisis. Um, it, 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 it really is shocking. 116 Americans are dying every day from opioid overdose. Um, I was out in the Dayton area in Ohio a couple weeks ago. I met with a girl. She's 17 years old. Her sister died of overdose. Her mother and father both died of opioid overdose. Her grandmother, whose care she was then put in, was an opioid addict, died from complications from opioids. Then she's in a group home. She herself is an addict. She's seven, day, seven weeks clean and hoping to graduate from high school. But right there, three generations in that one poor girl's family. And you used an example from Ohio, and so many examples I hear are from Ohio. Why is it certain parts of the country that this seems to be so much worse in? Well, there are some parts of the country where it is really just at the extreme, but I'll tell you there are, there are very few places in this country that have been unhit by the opioid crisis. So, you know, across your, your, your listenership, um, in every community, they're getting, they're getting hit with this. And what's going on is you have these legal opioids, so painkillers for people that um, folks go and get prescribed for, you know, a, a hip replacement or a sore back or a wisdom tooth. They're given too many of them. They get addicted to them. They then eventually get cut off by their doctor or their pharmacy or their insurance company. And then what's happened is they've tra- they transitioned to very cheap heroin or fentanyl, which is this shockingly potent, very inexpensive um, opioid. And those are, have become available through various gangs that are quite efficient and effective within America. And so what you see is the bigger overdoses and conversions to those illegal opioids happen just really depending on where these gangs have been able to, uh, to infiltrate effectively. But it's almost everywhere, well, almost this, everywhere in this country. This is a, a multi-headed monster. I mean, you, you, you're going to have to have state and federal law enforcement on this big. You've got to go after big pharma and over... Yep prescribing yep then you got gangs and drug dealers and and the uh, you know the the kind of the softer uh, issue of of why people are reaching for this stuff and how to get them off of the drugs this is a monster it is it is and that's why uh, the president laid out on monday just an incredibly bold program here to try to tackle this problem um, with just historic goals and investment behind it um, the first is preventing addiction and that's the folks, most people who become addicts uh, to the to the illegal heroin, 
and illegal opioids are starting with these legal products, and they're they're not seeking to be addicts. They're not seeking to get high. Um, these are people who have pain, and they're trying to manage their pain, and they become addicted through no fault of theirs. You said most. Is that statistically known that most people that end up hooked on this didn't start out to uh, to get high? That is correct. Okay. It, is, it, it is statistically known. Um, it is the vast majority of people are falling innocently into a cycle of addiction. That's why we say this is not a moral failing of these people. This is a medical crisis. And that's why we then have to to cut off, as we talked about, that supply of illicit opioids that they transition to. And third, we have to help these people get out of the trap of addiction. We've We've got medically assisted treatment and programs to help them get out of that and stay out of it from relapsing. I got a question about that, but first I wanted to ask about um, the, the getting addicted. People have been in pain forever. Uh, powerful painkillers have been around for, for a very long time. What changed? So um, we had these very powerful opi- illegal opioids that in the 90s became very prevalent, and frankly, uh, there were some illegal and unethical marketing practices that uh, that were engaged in by 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 uh, drug by at least one drug company, and there was already some accountability there um, in back in the 2000s for the conduct on basically saying to to doctors and to patients that. Um, that these products were not actually addictive, that they were totally safe and um, and could be used for everything. And the whole medical profession we focused we focused in the 90s also on managing pain. And it was it wasn't an illegitimate goal to say, hey, if the patient is suffering, you do need to worry about their pain. But like so much, when you when you start rewarding physicians and hospitals based on are you managing pain and is your patient happy. People study for the test, and they and 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 they start giving out these these legal opioids to people, um, and you know, getting a wisdom tooth taken out and giving them ninety pills. I've had that very experience. I've had you that have. very experience. Yeah. Well, would you promise me that if you have any of those left at home, you'll you'll take them back into a pharmacy or a doctor's office? Because that's one thing I want your listeners to know is um, having any of these opioids in your house. You may think you're storing them up for a bat, for for another problem or something else. This is a danger to you, to your kids, to your parents, to anyone in that house. Get them out of your house safely to a take-back program. Alex Azar is the Secretary of Health and Human Services. I'm sure we don't have to tell you that there's a very, very low batting average for success for drug rehab. Um, and under the Obama administration, various regulations were passed in which any moron in Florida, for instance, could open up a phony rehab place and make millions of dollars off the taxpayers. And even the good ones don't succeed very often. Well, right, yeah, that's what I'm saying, even the good ones. So how are you approaching that, given that enormous challenge? That's a great question, and because even if I think the statistics are fifty percent of uh, of people addicted to opioids, even after getting clean, will end up relapsing within Oof. six months, I believe, if I remember the the statistic correctly. Because the the, the addictive power of these it can actually rewire your brain um, uh, to to have sort of long term um, long long term need for this. Now, the good news is. We have really good evidence-based programs. It's called medication-assisted therapy. That's where we wean you off, and we also can give you medicine that will block the ability of the opioid to even have an impact on your body. Um, it's called op- you know, opiate receptor blocking. Um, we have medicines for that. We can. The problem is only one-third of treatment facilities engage in this medically-assisted treatment. Mm. And then we also have to recognize the fact that for some people, they may, we may get them cured of their addiction 
but they may remain physically dependent on some type of opioid, but it allows them to function. They live a normal life. They do not pull back into addiction. They do not escalate. Um, and, and that's a perfectly acceptable, medically proven approach to dealing with this that can help people just go on with their lives after a, one of these deep opioid addiction cycles. But we need more research, and we need to get more, more quality programs out there and good oversight of the ones we have. Interesting. Uh, Alex Azar is the Secretary of Health and Human Services. We barely have a minute left. Uh, final question. Your boss, uh, what's his name? Uh, Trump, colorful fellow. Uh, how do you like uh, working with the POTUS? I absolutely love working for him. Um, he is a man of such courage and vision. You know, he, the, traditional politicians live in fear of this issue or that issue, and they always ask, what does this interest group or that interest group think? I have spent a lot of time with this president. He has never once asked me what one group or the other thinks. He's willing to take on special interests and just do what he thinks is right and empower me to do what I think is right, serving serving the American people, and that is really a, there is a great n- boss. There is no doubt that that is true. Yeah, um, yeah. Orange hair don't care. He just he just does what he wants. Right, right. Alex Azar, Secretary of Health and Human Services, really enjoyed the chat, and I think all Americans are rooting for success in this uh, challenge because it's uh, it's a rough one. Good to talk to you. Thank you, gentlemen. Bye-bye. Thank you. Once again, I don't want to be a naysayer because it's so easy to be a naysayer about everything. It's effortless Mm. if you want to be that person. Sometimes nay must be said. But the history of uh, getting people into treatment programs and having it work is just just not an example of that working very well. Maybe we'll come up with a new way or break new ground or defy the odds or something. Mm. I hope so. Has the secretary gone? I meant to ask him if he thought Trump could take Joe Biden on a fight. That would be a good one. Now, if Joe Biden and Trump were to go out back at the gym, who do you think would win, Mr. Secretary? In high school or currently? Well, yeah, I guess Biden said in high school I right. would have whooped his ass. Which I think he would have. You think so? Tough oh, yeah, guy. absolutely. Trump was a pretty good athlete. I don't think he was a fighter, though. Biden was a fighter. It's all about being a fighter. Yeah, oh, absolutely. If you don't mind getting punched in the face, you're the, a fighter. The person who has had, you know, who has ever fought before has such an advantage over the person who hasn't. Yeah, yeah. Um. No doubt about that. Oh, I'm, a, so, I'm a lover, not a fighter. So briefly on the drug thing. So this there, there's a drug you can take that blocks the opioids from having the effect on the brain. Um, there's been stuff like that around for a while. And I hope it works. Again, I'm not just trying to be a naysayer, but I know it's the, the success rates of that sort of stuff has not been that good. To me, for oh, really? Because it sounds so solid and but promising. But to me, it's for the obvious reasons. There's like there's something you can take for drinking, too, and abuse. So that you, uh, oh, it'll make you throw up if you drink is the thing on you. I can do that on my own. <laughs> The problem with it to me is um you're you're just you're just like adding another layer between you and and wanting to get effed up. And if you want to get effed up, you just you just avoid that. It it's to, to I don't see it any difference of I'll tell you what we'll do, we'll put the liquor in the liquor store, so you'll have to drive there to get it. Mm. That'll make it more difficult. Well, if I want to get drunk, I'll drive to the liquor store. Yeah. If I want to get drunk, I won't take my abuse. If I want to get high, I won't take that pill. Because I want to get high. I guess it's dividing the physical addiction and the emotional addiction. And taking care of the one. Well, you have to. T- I don't know how. Get that one out of the I, way. I'd be interested in how long it lasts or whatever. Because you'd have to take it at a moment where you don't want to get high. Because at some point you're going to get w- want to get high. Right. I hear you. And then you wouldn't take it. Yeah. I know nothing about this, but it's very interesting. I know that's what happens. Yeah. I've talked to people who've done that sort of thing. Right. Okay. Yeah. Why didn't you take that? Because I wanted to get high. Right. I'm an addict. It'd be like saying I took the we took the booze out of his house so he couldn't drink. Well, then I went to the liquor store because right, I wanted see, to get drunk. The point is, yeah, I'd like to drink. <laughs>
Yeah, so I, yeah. I hope it works. I'm not just trying to be a naysayer, but... It's weird. As a beast, there aren't that many beasts out there that purposefully poison themselves to death. Probably only one. We're the only one. That big old frontal lobe of ours. It's probably more trouble than it's worth. Probably is. I, for one, would like to go back to swinging in the trees. Here, give me a screwdriver. I'll fix you right up. Mating when horny. Chasing the antelope across the plain, etc. I've never had antelope. Is it good? Let's find out together. More of the evils of big social media collecting every piece of information on you, bastards. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. We got quite a few texts about our interview with the Secretary of Health and Human Services, which... It's another Cabinet Tuesday on the... Or Wednesday on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Got to admit, when I heard we had that, I thought, okay, one of your lesser secretaries, I guess we'll talk to him. Then we find out from him, his budget's twice that of the Defense Department. Well, it hadn't occurred to me. They run entitlements. He's a freaking big deal. He must have thought he was on a different show. Anyway. Yeah. um, Opioid case in point. I had a tooth pulled. When leaving the office, I was handed a prescription for Vicodin. I asked why. They said for pain. I said, I can't take Vicodin. They said, well, just take Tylenol then. You know, it's funny. And how about I did that in the first place? I had a terrific aural surgeon who would ask me. Oral or aural? Aural. You had operated on your ears. No, I just prefer to pronounce it that way. Um, How would you pronounce A-U-R-A-L? Anal. (laughs) Boy, that's going to lead to confusion. So anyway, it has so far. <laughs> so, uh, but she would always ask me, and I always said no, and never needed it. But it was always there if I right. wanted it. The government created this pain is the fifth vital sign BS. Says this texter that practically forced providers into being legal drug dealers. I wonder if that was the reason for that because that, that that's a relatively new invention. What, what is your pain on the scale of one to ten? Sure, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, they didn't used to do that. They it's do the fifth it, vital sign, and Jack. they give out a lot more pain pills. So it's possible that those are tied together. Gave them a reason. Anybody above this number, make sure you give them. So I don't know. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Uh, and then, and then a lot of people just saying good interview, which it was. Um, I'm glad you enjoyed it. But we Truly, got, you never know how it's going to go. We got this deep text. You ready? Uh oh. Life is just a really complicated exam in which most people fail by copying from others not realizing that everyone has different questions on their paper. Wow. Heavy man. I wish I was well, smoking wait dope. A, wait a minute. Wait a minute. i, I got to think about I wish that. I wish I was high right now. Sean, you're high. That strikes you as pretty cool. <laughs> so we, we're copying answers of not really. We have different questions. Irma Gerd. <laughs> that seems like some sort of like inspirational Instagram feed with yeah. like just some generic sunset That's, picture. It's going to be my TED talk. That right there. <laughs> Ah, uh, wow, that's great. So, how did we find out that fraudulent lady who was uh, yeah. made the fake? Uh, what's her name? The hot gal with the turtleneck, the uh, hot blonde Steve Jobs would be billionaire uh, mogul. She's not a would be billionaire. She was a billionaire. Yeah, well, she was a fake too. Right? She was a wannabe Steve Jobs. She's a big TED talker. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, leadership and everything. I'll tell you, tell you what you do. You come up with something phony. 
You convince people it's real. You get investors. You make a billion dollars. And then eventually you go to prison. (laughs) Went over great. Everybody loved your talk. Did you know you have to give them your finished script? The TED Talk people. Like, in advance, well in advance. Uh, I'd never worked for me. Because I always thought I'd like to give a TED Talk, but I hate rough drafts. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I hate the idea of I've got to be ready for this two weeks beforehand. Right. Yeah, I can't do it. So, this this next, this is important. It's serious. Well, I heard the story last week huh. that the brother of the Florida shooter was found on the high school campus. And, I, and, yeah. I, and, and he's not allowed to be, I guess? Right. Well, and, and I thought tr- it didn't think anything of it. I thought, I don't know. I didn't think is that necessarily a big deal, but apparently it might be. Well, yeah. Yesterday, um, Broward County, the sheriff's office filed a red flag risk protection order under Florida's brand new gun law that, if granted by a court, would let them seize firearms from Zachary Cruz and prevent him from getting new ones. He was arrested Monday for trespassing at that same high school. Where his older brother killed 17 people. He told deputies it was his third visit to the school since the shooting. He was just trying to take it in and come to terms with it. Okay, that makes sense to me. I could actually believe that. That's not real crazy, but everybody involved says that he has the same flags as his brother and is saying some crazy stuff. And listen to this, misdemeanor trespassing. Typical uh, bail for that is $25. His was f- uh, f- I'm bond. His was 500000 Whoa! So evidently, everybody involved says, yeah, we really, really would like it if you'd stay with us for a while. So somebody texted us that the Blaze, that's uh, Glenn Beck's outfit. Yeah. Uh-huh. They had a story today that they think this kid, the Florida school shooter's younger brother, is six shades crazier than his brother and wanted to create a cult around his older bro's popularity. Wow. You read anything on that? Uh, the closest thing that I saw to that was, uh, I think it's actually mentioned on the second page there, where he's talking about doing some sort of like pen pal thing or like... I, I, I want to say fan club, but I feel that's not the verbiage that they used in the article. I mean, a Tuesday hearing, prosecutors said the teen, quote, had all the same flags as his brother, seemed to admire his siblings' renown, and talked of starting a pen pal or fan club yeah. for his brother, the murderer. Oh, my God. That's weird. Okay, so, Counterpoint, how about we don't do that? Yeah, Before that, I could think, well, you know, how might you react if a close family member murdered 17 people? How are you going to deal with that? How are you going to come to terms with that, that you get the same biology and everything of that person? As an unstable 18-year-old, I do not know how I'd react. But this stuff, that's weird. Very weird. Obviously, they think it's weird. I'm thinking, let's go ahead and set that bond nice and high and have a nice long chat with this youth. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Latest on the death of the Austin bomber, how police tracked him down, and Facebook facing Congress today. Stories coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. God, we're going to see a swift fall for Facebook. Not a business by next week. That's my production. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
first day of spring so far. Fantastic. Huh? The first partial day of spring was great. I'm wearing... So I'm thinking today's just going to be fun. I'm wearing white buck shoes, straw hat, (laughs) daisy in my lapel. I have a lapel. That's nice. Yeah. It's a nice touch. Oh, hey, and uh, spring means baseball, and I, I did something this year I've been meaning to do. Now, I'm not a problem gambler like Marshall. But I do, <laughs> but I do enjoy placing a wager now and again. And I heard a radio colleague Larry Kruger say it was probably last year, two years ago. Shout out to Larry, by the way, love Larry. Um, that if you really want to follow a baseball team, make a bet on the over under number of wins. Oh, I do they, that with basketball practically oh, every you? year. Yeah, and, and I did that with uh, the Giants. And I thought, okay, it's got to be a big enough wager that it'll hurt a little bit. And I'm not going to mention the figure, but it's, you know. Has I'll, multiple commas. I'll be real. <laughs> not really. No, not unless you put them after the pennies. Um, but uh, so, yeah, I'm, I've got an over-under bet on the Giants this What's year. What's your number? So, and I'm really kind of into following them. What's your number? Oh, I don't remember. But it's it's um, it's a little over 500. Okay. Five hundred. They only play like one hundred and eighty-two games. No, 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 no. That's that's the winning percentage, Sean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I bet they win five hundred games this year. I swear to God, they will. Got really good odds on it too. Let's get the news now, with Marshall Phillips. Well, the search for the suspect in that string of package bombings in Texas is over. The Austin Police Chief Brian Manley telling reporters early this morning: the suspect is deceased uh, and has significant injuries from a blast that occurred from detonating a bomb inside his vehicle. Do you think it hurts to blow yourself up, or would he just black out? Yeah, I don't think it hurts much. After... I've never, obviously. After tracking him from his cell phone signal, the Austin police and FBI reportedly moved in to arrest the suspect north of Austin overnight. They say he tried to run and then eventually blew himself up. You know, Jack asked the really intriguing question earlier. Sound like I said jackass, didn't it? Yes. <laughs> um, why, after surreptitiously placing bombs on people's doorsteps, etc., and then doing the truly horrific, insidious tripwire thing Fire. again? Nobody saw him, etc. He could have darkness probably could have pulled that off for weeks or months or years. Right. Who knows? So this guy all of a sudden he drives up to a FedEx store. He and his car caught on all sorts of video yep. surveillance and, and, and tr- tries to blow up some FedEx guys. What the hell is going on with this guy? I don't want to glorify him. I don't want to glorify shooters right. or anything like that. We've talked about that plenty. But I've got to admit, I, I'm curious what brand of crazy he is. A lot of concerns that he might have placed or mailed other bombs before dying. So the police are warning everybody again, watch out any strange package, report it, report it, report it. It's also being reported that the bomber used an exotic and foreign battery in his explosives, which allowed authorities to link the bombings together. Hmm. He reportedly worked as a computer repair tech and also as a purchasing agent for a company involved in robotics mechanical repair. They build a variety of metal products. Wow, and he decided to blow people up. God, he killed a 39-year-old dude back in early March, the first of his four bombs. Oh, oh, terrible yeah. way to go for oh. a crazy oh, person. Yeah, and you know, as we talked to a, a journalist earlier today from uh, from uh, Austin right. about the fact that you know you had the, the two guys, thank God they weren't killed, but they were just riding their bikes and right. got blown up. Um, and, and so people are just living in fear and paranoia. What, what sort of weirdo? What's going on with that? Would want to cause that? Yeah. 
Weird house with a lot of people coming and going and a bit run down. That's the only information we have on where he lived with a couple of roommates so far. That tells us nothing. Well, we'll see, I suppose. Facebook officials are set to meet with congressional lawmakers today. The meeting comes after the news of the data firm Cambridge Analytica's improper collection of private info from millions of Facebook users to assist the Trump campaign. Cambridge suspended its CEO, Alexander Nix, while promising a full investigation into statements he'd made to an undercover British reporter. That reporter, claiming he was a representative of a Sri Lankan family with political ambitions, was told by Nix the company could set up political opponents by sending them prostitutes to manufacture sex scandals or bribing them while secretly filming it and putting it on the Internet. Now, in a series of new clips released by Channel 4 last night, Nick's bragged that the company played a major role in Trump's victory. Have you met the Mr. Trump? Many times. You have? We did all the research, all the data, all the analytics, all the targeting. All the research, all the data, all the analytics, all the targeting, he said they turned over to the Trump campaign. Trump campaign contends that it didn't use any of the company's data. One thing they did say in the New York Times article that I thought was interesting about halfway through it over the weekend when this story first came out was there's no consensus as to how much help it actually was (laughs) in terms of winning the election. Nobody knows that. Well, and did you say the Trump campaign denies using any of their data? Yes. So they hired them to give them all that data then didn't use it? That sort of strains... uh, my uh, willingness to believe. Yeah, what the hell is that? Now, whether that for it helped them or not, yeah. I do think is an open question. Right. Or, or, or if you know, look, I hire companies to do stuff all the time, and I don't know who they're hacking into or not. Right? You know, so it, it's entirely possible that you know the Trump campaign wasn't in the least complicit. But the idea that they didn't use any of the data—that's just a weird thing to say. San Francisco's Board of Soups have voted unanimously to ban the sale of fur, joining two other California cities, West Hollywood and Berkeley, who have already done so. The axis of evil. I'm surprised. The axis of unicorns. That you still could buy fur in San Francisco. I would have guessed that they did away with that a long time ago. Yeah, the ban goes into effect in January. It'll apply to apparel and accessories that have real fur. Retailers will be allowed to sell their current inventory for another year. Are they getting rid of the Internet as well, or how how does that square? They just want you to know that they will not put up with the selling of animal skins in San Francisco, except via the Internet. certainly will result in no fewer wearings of animal fur, I'm guessing, because, like Sean said, you just buy it somewhere else. They're trying to make it socially unacceptable. I guess you get to do that. Uh, I wish you well with that. They let hairy naked men walk down the street, but not fur, you know, coats. That's an interesting uh, contrast. I don't know if I need. I can justify the the fur thing in you. Is there a need for that? Keep you warm. I mean, it's a fashion thing. It's not a warmth thing. If, um, if you're killing it for the explicit use of just skin, like I, I have no problem with wearing dead animal skins. Like that's well, yeah, I wear how much your leather shoes, hypocrite. I wear mm-hmm. a fair amount mm-hmm. of leather. Yeah, like if I don't see what the purpose is of if this animal is dead, why just throw away no, the fur? No, if that's I, would, a, I would agree yeah. completely. Or they're, are they? Go are they growing beasts just for their fur? Yeah. There are okay. aspects of the fur trade that are pretty troubling. I'll admit that. On the other hand, do you know how many thinsulates had to die for your puffy jacket, hipster? Huh? Sickening. Thinsulate? Yes. 
The mighty Finsulate. Beautiful beast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can endure any climate, obviously. That's wrapped at your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. The Finsulate is kind of a cross between a, uh, a water buffalo and a and a, an eagle. <laughs> so, Carnivore, herbivore, omnivore? Yes. All of the above. It's, it's, uh, skin is a natural wicking material, which so is very handy. Snake-like cow. It's uh, very, well, anyway. Anywho. Any, what are you going to do? The Oakland A's are for real baseball fans. Giants fans are for baseball baseball tourists, says this texture. Oh, what the hell does that mean? Uh, shut up. That oh, sort of skirmish. It's that sort of thing. That's what that is. That some people enjoy. Uh, the petering out coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Analytica got all this data from a personality quiz which claimed to be for research purposes, but it actually harvested psychological data and got access to some data on the user's Facebook friends, which explains that one fun question, if you were your friend's credit card number, what would you be? So we uh, talked to the Secretary of Human Health and Services or whatever. Yeah, we talked to Cabinet Secretaries a lot on the Armstrong and Getty Show. If they really want to get the word out, we're who they call. But anywho, um, so we were talking to him about the opioid crisis, and we got some texts, and uh, somebody pointed out that this whole opioid explosion, explosion happened around the same time that we started into the pain is the fifth vital sign, what's your pain on a scale of one to ten thing, which does sound about right to me. That they happened yeah, about I've the same time? Yeah, I've heard that from more than one health professional, some of our nurse and doctor listeners. And maybe that had something to do with uh, the pain pills. We got this from a nurse. Pain is a fifth vital sign. I'm an ICU nurse. We are told to treat pain even if someone doesn't look like they are in pain because, quote, pain is individualized and everyone reacts different. Yes. So I'm supposed to give someone pain medication, medica- medication Delata did, 10 times stronger than morphine to someone who says 10 out of 10 uh, pain talking on the phone while playing games on their computer with a burger in their hand. In other words, if somebody calls up and says I'm in horrifying pain, I give them just this insanely powerful drug. Wow. It seems so much different than the other four vital signs, which is pulse rate, temperature, respiration rate, and blood pressure, all easily measurable. That's what I've been complaining about forever. I don't tell you what I think my pulse is. (laughs) Yeah. Well, in psychology, they say uh, a self-reporting, self-reported data is lies. Or or just mistaken. And anytime you see, a, Marshall will probably bring us one tomorrow, <laughs> uh, some sort of study that uh, relies on self-reporting, just roll your eyes and move on. It might be true, but it might not. So, yeah. Yeah. Boy, can I just get a little bit of that? Can you just take an eeny, teeny little bit of the stuff? For what? Just take the edge off? Yeah. I got pain. Just dabble in it on the weekends? Oh, for pain. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't know what it does to your liver. I'm big on the uh, looking out for my liver thing. Well, that's not good, but I'd be more concerned about getting hooked. A little bit turns into, uh, you know, you're down at the Gray sta- Greyhound station turning tricks. Oh, boy. Again. Again. <laughs> Just like in prison. 
Well, speaking of prison and things that happen in prison, uh, it's funny. Why were we? I guess I heard a news story about it. I thought if I go to prison for a long time, I'm going to start smoking. <laughs> just, just decided a little shot of pleasure now That's and good again to have a few that times pl- a day. Good to have a plan. Yeah. Oh, I've been thinking about what happens so if, if go I get to sent to prison for a long time. For a long time. Right. Not a short prison term. No. And as crowded as prisons are, I'd have to do something pretty serious. Uh, do but I yeah, I'd to- smoke. Do I want to talk about this on the air? Eh, not completely. It's, oh. a, it's a good idea to pick up a very addictive habit in the place where it's hardest to get those things. Right. Um, <laughs> Once again, turning tricks. Well, there's more where um, that came from if you don't want to do that, but go ahead. I mean, uh, Michael, do you think Jack ought to do what he's hesitating to do? I'll not? save it. Yes, save it. yeah, go ahead. I'll you got time. No, I don't need... No, I'll okay. save it. <laughs> All right. I'll make uh, time. So this uh, do-gooder outfit, and I have no problem with what they're doing, they're pointing out that streaming services like Netflix have... Uh, three times as much smoking on the shows as network TV shows. Oh, yeah. For some reason, the streaming services, the gritty, high-quality dramas, have tons of smoking in it. Hmm. Well, because it's somewhere along the way, there was, I don't know if it was a law or if it was just an industry standard, where it became very difficult to get smoking in scenes without having one of the characters reacting in a way that would let people watching know that that's actually a bad habit. Mm. Um, I've heard, who was it? I forget who it was. Some stand-up was a, a writer on a show, and he was talking about this battle where they couldn't have a character smoke in, the, in an episode unless one of the other characters said, hey, you know that's bad for you, or something to that extent. Really? Yeah. I'll, I'll watch for that now yeah. well, you, in shows. You have this organization, Truth Initiative. Um, their thing is they don't want smoking glamorized because kids pick it up and it kills them. It's it terrible is, for your health. It is glamorized in right. movies. It was hundred percent. Yeah, no yeah. doubt about. It. They make it look really cool. And listen, these you know these people get to express themselves. And if networks say, you know what, you're making a good point and come around, I'd have no problem with that. I just think it's interesting that and and having read this piece, I thought, you know what, that's funny because. I watch some of those streaming shows, and people are smoking all the time. Yeah, I once heard a director say there's no quicker way ever invented to make somebody edgy than putting a cigarette in their hand. They're instantly edgy and dangerous. But it's funny, on the streaming service, it's like on network TV, there's like five times more gay people on network TV shows than I think there are in the population. Or 50 times. Two out of five people is gay. Well, on the streaming shows, everybody's smoking all the time. Interesting. Mm. And now it's time for final thoughts with those two hotties, Armstrong and Getty, and the other guys, too. Boy, a lot of people oh, hated yeah. that one when we debuted oh, it yesterday. Yeah. A lot of people hated that. Here's really? your host, Joe Getty. They're just jealous. <laughs> Positive Sean, your final thought? So a glimpse into the complex cities that are me. Yesterday, I think, okay, I'm going to make this entire package of breakfast sausages. That way I can have some breakfast sausage every day for breakfast for the rest of the week. I think that's a great idea. Jump cut to 15 minutes later. Oh, no, I ate all the sausages again. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Oh, boy. It's like you put a dog in charge. They were all gone. I would have done both of those. Wow. They they didn't even make it to the Ziploc. Michelangelo, your final thought? Uh, Yeah, we learned today that so many pain pills are addictive. So, you know, the next surgery I have, I'm sorry, I'm just biting down on a stick, and I'm going to use leeches to heal at home. Just sensible. Uh, Marshall Phillips, your final thought. Well, Joe, is the only one of us who's been in jail for any length of time trading in goods and services carries with it a lot of risk. I traded away a carton of smokes in a day and then got very small. Very small? 
very small. You just try not to be noticed. Oh, yeah, I see. Yes. Sure. I see. Yeah. Jack, your final thought for us. Now, Sean's story reminded me of how every time we get a burrito from somewhere and I get it, and the burrito's the size of a human infant. You know, it's like nine pounds, and you think, there's no way I should eat this whole thing. I'm going to eat half of it. And then I eat half of it. I wrap up the other half. I look at it for like a minute, then I eat the other half. <laughs> I do that every time. If I ever don't yeah. do it, it'll be the first time. Yeah, no kidding. I do that every time Judy and I go for burritos, and I have shame for dessert. <laughs> Speaking of which, my final thought is just uh, another tidbit from the same uh, article about the smoking. Sly Stallone was once paid half a million dollars to feature a particular brand of cigarettes in his movies. Wow. And he said, yeah, all right. Yeah, okay. Wow. And they're not idiots. They obviously think it matters. It was worth it. Apparently. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank. So little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. You can email us. If there's something we ought to be talking about that you see and we may have missed, send it along. Y'all are great at that. Oh, we miss all kinds of stuff. I'm barely paying attention. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act. Uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here! Get! Get! And we apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye-bye. Even worse, the boss is constantly grabbing for your breasts. All the time. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.